Hello and welcome to the number one prestige indie game podcast, I guess. I'm coming in hot on a Friday night. That was, I forget what the video was called specifically. Something to the effect of DK, Donkey Kong Jr. 3, Matt Glitch Showcase. We'll talk to Nelson Carroll who made that. I like those things. and But also, in case you missed it, that Azusa Plain song, because it's very long and you cannot read the whole title, it's... She was into S&M and Bible studies. Not everyone's cup of tea she would admit to me. A cup of tea she would admit to no one. Taken from John Sebastian's If You're Feeling Sinister. Azusa Plain named a lot of their songs like that. Dad named a lot of their songs like that. Ode to the Mountain Goats and whatnot. But that's all beside the point. What isn't beside the point is our first guest here. Skeleton from DeepL.com, who you may know from DeepL.com. That's, yeah, that's pretty that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, hi, I'm Skeleton from DeepL.com. For tonight's trivia, you would not believe the amount of clothes I just had to take off. <laughs> um, three articles. Yeah, around like at least one scarf, too. Okay. So how are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, busy day, you know, yeah. out here on the DeepL.com farm. Oh, you have a wait. You have a farm. Is that where you get the content? Yeah, I farm content all day and all night, every day of my life. Grinded in your content. Oh, so that's why they call it a content mill. That's why they call it a content mill. I never thought about that. Jeez. Actually, actually, one of my first writing jobs was for a content farm. Do you? Are you at liberty to say which content farm it was? I don't think it's around anymore. Um, it's one of the ones that I think they turned their website into something called like constantcontent.com or something. Okay. It's just where, where you just go in and you just you sign up and you you write a bunch of unpaid articles in the desperate hope that someone decides to buy one. Okay. At least it's not one of those sites that is just like a redirected 30 other sites. No, no, it's it may still be around. I don't have to rely on it anymore, which is nice. But I mean, otherwise, I miss, I miss, uh, I miss writing professionally like that. But I'm glad I don't have to do it for like content mills or anything. I'm glad I have uh, deepl.com. Yeah, the the secret of the, everything is you just got to go there instead, you know. Oh. Yeah. No, Hello? fill time for me. Oh, uh, fill time for you. I'm sorry. Uh, I, you kind of cut out there for a second. Okay, time filled. Um, I filled it. We're good. Time filled. Okay, cool. I put okay, it up. Cool. We're that we're live. Anyway. Uh, anyway, anyway. So, content mills. We're talking content mills. We're talking hanging out. We're talking questions from our previous episodes guests. Where I've added so many friends. I have to find where I put these. Ah, here we are. Oh, no. Um, here we go. Episode from uh, here's a question from our previous episodes guest. Um, what is your favorite flower? My favorite flower? Uh, geez, I didn't expect to be asked about my favorite plant life. Um, I really like. I'm pretty simple. I really like sunflowers. They grow all over my backyard okay. uh, and all over behind my house, so I can just go out and grab a sunflower anytime I want. And uh, we're talking like big old honking sunflowers, right? We're talking like, you know, the roadside sunflowers that grow all over the state I live in. So it's like you want a sunflower, you just go out and you find one. You know, you steal it off the road, you replant it. Got a, you've brought a beautiful piece of nature into your house. I feel like I've – I can't remember my life if I've had a sunflower or if I just imagined it. It's just an, an, an invented memory. 
where through culture is like I know what sunflowers look like. I have a sense of the big stalk. I, I'm familiar with the idea of sunflowers. Yeah, I've I've held large, you know, girthy stalked plants before. Am I just imagining that I've held the sunflower? I mean, the the last few episodes of the anime Samurai Champloo are just filled with sam with uh, sunflower imagery. So, yeah. you know, if you maybe if you maybe get down on a little Japanese anime sometime, it could be from there. You know, it's weird you say that because when you said sunflower, actually, that's the first thing I thought of. Samurai Champloo, yeah. yeah, that was my <clears throat> my immediate reference. Listen, I don't like I don't like to talk about anime. I think it's a landmine. It is very much a landmine. I think like when you had. I think one of the most dangerous things you can do in life is admit to somebody like that you like anime. Oh yeah. Because they are invariably going to Okay, I Also, I am as with all things in life a uh, 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 an an asshole about the things I like to put it to to demean myself or, or like an accidental snob. This came out of I think purposefully isolating myself in high school. And I'm going to boop, hello, um, <laughs> increase my audio levels or get up on the microphone better. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, my mic's pretty far away. I, I didn't yeah. really check it before we started. You sound good, sound okay. Sound okay, good cool. to me. I think I um, lowered it for other recordings I was doing. Okay. That have different Fair. audio levels in OB, not OBS, Audacity. But anyway, because... I feel like every time I would admit I like to animate to somebody, I feel like they're going to admit that they like the worst bullshit in the world. Yeah, there that that is a good segue into you know like somebody tells you they've spent the last ten years of their life watching all of One Piece, and it's like you can't you might as well as try and relate to a person from another planet. Like they're too deep. Uh, so skeleton, tell me how much of, how many years of your life have you spent watching One Piece? Uh, exactly, precisely zero, but oh. somewhere around here. I have a copy of the when they first released Shonen Jump in the United States in like the early 2000s. Yeah. I have one of those that's like dog-eared with like the first volume of One Piece in it. <laughs> I I worked at a place where someone had brought Shonen Jumps to the break room. That's my only relation to the Shonen Jump magazine. Andrew, was that person you? It was not me. I okay. <laughs> but listen, I, as much as I keep my interests hidden at all workplaces. Lest anyone think that I like anime and they try and tell me about fucking that thing. You know, the one where the guy cooks food, Toriko or something. Yeah, Toriko. I'm like, I don't want to hear about that dumb bullshit. You don't want to hear about, You really don't want to hear about Toriko. Yeah, that guy's got... Man, all those guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I saw someone post that like everyone congratulated like fucking Roni Kenshin guy and they're like, mm. oh also all the people congratulate him also suck I mean it's like it's also kind of like a situation where not only does that suck but it's like would you rather find out your coworkers really into anime or would you rather find out your coworkers one of those guys who plays lots of Japanese role-playing games I guess it depends which ones because we're talking we're talking like Atelier Iris <sighs> you know that kind of stuff like that guy that guy oh. exists out there yeah, uh, are we talking hyperdimension Neptunia? Yeah, we're talking like hyperdimension Neptunia. We're talking fairy fencer R. We're talking about the fact that I know all of these names tells everyone listening way too much about the kinds of video games I play. I know all these names too, and I've never played them. So there's a, the, I think there's some reasonable doubt you can cast. 
Now, how I many, hope. If, how many hours of the Atelier games have you played? I have played a strange amount of the Atelier games. I do not feel like disclosing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <sighs> Your Atelier secrets are safe here. I I do truly. I mean, I guess this is the segue, but I am truly a I am truly a person who loves Japanese role playing games. So it doesn't matter if they're garbage. I really wanna I want to see what they're all about. I yeah. play a lot of I play a lot of. Uh, in one of the chats I'm in on Discord today, somebody brought up um, like the amount of like Japanese role playing phone games there are. There are yeah, with just like thousands of mechanics packed into them. I have a folder on my phone that has at least like 20 of those games. Yeah, I the games I end up going back and playing the most tend to be RPGs because I think there's something there. I, I'm curious about them. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, I almost feel like JRPGs especially exist in kind of a vacuum. They're all so individually different from each other. Yeah. I mean, those those guys who make those, you know, they're they're just riffing over there, you yeah. know? Yeah, there is... I've been thinking a lot about um, Mela Santani, constantly mentioned on this show, mostly because of an article they wrote that was I really liked about live game dead games. Um, has been going through, like, East and all oh, the... Yeah. All the the trail. What, what what's is it? Trails the overarching name for the, like those fifty games. Yeah, it's trails is the overarching name. I've only played um, whatever the like first English one they released yeah. on the PSP was. Trails of the sky or Legend of mm-hmm. Heroes. Trails in the sky. Mm-hmm. I have a weird reference point where those games in my mind are real like to show my age a little. There in my mind, those are like a game I would see on Gamespot. That like Greg Casavan would give a seven point zero, and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll try it." It's, it's funny to me because it's like the Atelier Iris games for me are that res- reference yeah. point because I remember I would see like Adam Sessler give them a three out of five. Yeah, and it's like, and I would. That's how I found about Disgaea and like Persona Three. I can't even believe that they're still making Disgaea. Like, it's a yeah. series I checked out of after the second one, and I find out not too long ago they're on Disgaea 7 or yeah, 8 keep, or something. They just keep cranking them out. But, like, that is, like, the epitome of, like, here's a weird Japanese role-playing game, and I guess it just caught on. Half people well, it, love half-naked. People are horny for the half-naked anime people. Well, it, it's also weird because it feels like Disgaea is one of those things where it's well beyond the point that Disgaea has, I guess you could say, any like cultural reputation. Right. Like, printy jokes and stuff about Laharl, and I, again, am revealing how much I know about these games just by all of these things I'm saying, Yeah. are like something that, like, nobody has cared about that in probably 10 years, yeah. but they continue to make those games for an audience of people. Yeah, you know? maybe maybe it's bigger in Japan, and I just have no cultural reference for what Japan likes. I feel like it's def- I feel that it's definitely one of those ones where it, they're still getting English translations. There's still got to be a market for them over yeah. here. What if it's just like this this niche market that would just buy every single one, no matter what? I I do know a lot of like really, I guess I could say older people. I know that if they're going to play an RPG, it's usually going to be a strategy RPG. They don't necessarily care if it's like Civilization or it's like Nobunaga's Ambition or, you know, Disgaea 8. Yeah, <laughs> it's a strategy. There is There are grids. I move my party members along the grid squares. 
numbers go up, other numbers go down. Like that's the button they want to itch. I used to love strategy role playing games, but at some point my brain just checked completely out of the genre. I'm gonna attempt later this year to play Tactics Ogre. We'll see oh. how it goes. Let us the old let us cling together. Let us cling together. That is, I I got a tarot deck of that that came with uh, my, that came with my copy of the PSP version of that game. It's very nice. It has because it's I think it's all that Akihiko Yoshida art, and I like his art. Did style. you? Did you? Uh, did you, oh? Did you see the just absolutely deranged uh, series pitch the Tactics Ogre guy made on Twitter a few weeks ago, no. where it's like. Where it's like teenager relationship battle royale as like a strategy RPG. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it was. I, I'll have to dig up the image. I, I'll post it afterwards. Did, did it sound it, good? It sounded definitely like one of those, like, you know, clearly this has been boiling in the guy for a yeah. while, but it's, it's like getting a little too much into like the bedroom zone of that person's particular tastes if oh, you know what okay. i mean see see that's that's important because just that original elevator pitch i'm like oh that actually sounds fascinating but then yeah the elevator pitch was for like a battle royale game where teenagers have to like have a relationship by the time they're like 20 or something and it would be like a strategy rpg where you're trying to like force couples together i mean it really just sounds like he was describing fire emblem right like that that is exactly what those games have turned into which is i have a lot of feelings about that in fire emblem and i don't like the main character i don't i'm the, the indie apocalypse official stance is I don't like that the main character is a character in modern fire emblems. Not a fan of that person personally. I, I don't, if we do an, if you ever do an after hours podcast, I'll get into my fire emblems opinions. Oh, okay. If you have, if you also fire, we can get into fire emblem opinions right here. And now this is the oh, after show. I have played too many of those games and I have seen their darkest underbelly and, the audience that those games are for slightly disgusts me. And then they'll do something like Three Houses, where there's stuff in there that is very compelling and unique and still disgusts me on some kind of personal level. I, I, just, I don't like game. I just don't like it. main character. It, it, it undersells the characters in the story when they all have to be able to bend their will to suit the main character. I but I mean, that is that is the story of kind of, I guess, more modern JRPGs yeah. I've played. That's kind of the the social dynamic they try and represent. Right. It's it's also very weird. Like sometimes you'll even see that in anime where it's like, look, for all intents and purposes, it's like, oh, look, this is a show starring women. But then the main character is a dude. And he's like, I never saw that dude in any of the promotional material. He likely does not have a personality. And it's a mess. Well, and, and the, it gets into that gross. They're supposed to be a cipher for the player yeah. area. And I'm not down with the, like, it's, I like it. I don't mind the protect, there being a Fire Emblem protagonist. I like it when the Fire Emblem protagonist has their own personality, yeah. their own role in the story, apart from uh, this is the person I want everyone in my army to fuck. Right, right. This here's the thing. I like I like Ike. You know, I don't like MC Cipher. I love Ike. Ike. I love Ike. Um, I 
actually i owned i played way too much path of radiance i my path of radiance story is like a start to finish playthrough multiple times and then like I parted ways with it when I was broke and moving out of a place and I sold my copy for like $300. Oh yeah. I have, I have my, my, my secret $300 game is I have that PS one Jojo's bizarre adventure fighting game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Complete and, just, and everything. And you just gone through it and through it and through it probably, or oh, I'm keeping, I'm keeping that bad boy. Mm, yeah. Uh, the one, I actually had kicking around until not too long ago. I think I still have the, uh, it's just like goofy memorabilia I've collected. When they did the Shimagami Tensei Reido Kuzunoha games, yeah. a special edition of the second one came with like a Jack Frost plushie oh, yeah. dressed as Raido, and I still have that. He kicks around my desk. I have, yeah. I just moved my weird Phoenix right attached to a, a pointing pen stylus for the DS. <laughs> That was like underneath my computer tower. I was like, what's this guy doing here? Remember, and I mean, they sold things in stores and you got weird bullshit with it. I, the the most, that's one of the parts of video games I actually miss the most. It's just like the weird shit. Okay. I I don't, I I always say I don't talk to the chat, but yes, yes, Fulgurdom in the chat. This is 100% the quintet font. It is called Lunchly Doubly So. This is the quintet font because i looked at i was playing illusion of gaia and i was like i like that font can i get that font and then i got that font it's actually funny because speaking of quintet i i just uh downloaded i just downloaded the grand stream saga not too long ago i was hoping to get into taking a crack at it what is grand stream saga Grandstream Saga is a game by Quintet that's kind of a distant spiritual successor for the PS1 they made. That's like a spiritual successor to Illusion of Gaia, Soul Blazer, all of those. Yeah. One of these days, I really want to, like, one of my secondary shows I want to make is like a weekly show where we just play through stuff where I, I get guests and we play through stuff like that as like a book club or something. But who knows? That takes time to do. I, I, I want to play Shadowrun for the Genesis. Hey, you could. Hey, I mean, not yeah. to toot my own horn. You, you did make a book club. The, That's partially what you could join the deephill.com book club. Yeah. Which, by the way, I mean, if I could take a second to talk about that last yeah, month. Was, yeah, while we're here, let's. We've, we've spent enough time on Fire Emblem and Dumb Bullshit. Tell me about, <laughs> about Deephill. But, Andrew, can you ever spend enough time on Fire Emblem? No, let's no. be real. No, I have a lot of feelings about Soren and stuff that I need to get out. I have a lot of feelings about Soren, but I can't talk about them in public. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. I, I have. I will admit that as a as I have that Fire Emblem game on my phone, and I like the JPEGs. And I'm like, wow, I should get Tharsia seven seven six. I wish that was translated. I like the way this Eldegan guy looks. Tell me what about Reinhard. Uh, but just a brief segue before we get into deephell.com. Yeah. I do believe Thracia seven seven six is translated fully now. Yeah, I think I think that I think I saw that recently. That it's like just got like finally. It's not a bullshit meme translation. It's a real translation. It's a real translation. Yeah, I believe that goes. I think that goes out to the the old. I mean, I can't believe they're still cranking at it. I believe that goes out to the old AGTP ROM hacking crew. Yeah, I. I remember there was a similar game. Uh, it's like an old human entertainment game, La Place No Ma, that had like a really shitty um, translation for such a like incomplete translation for such a long time. 
And now I mean, I really. Oh, sorry, I didn't no, mean to cut you off. No, no, I was just—I was saying it's finally—it's finally complete. I think it's a fascinating RPG that, like, I've played a lot of like that Chaosium Trail and Call of Cthulhu games, the role playing yeah. games. And it's very much like a game like that where you play, you like you're a debutante or a reporter, and there's all this weird stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that La Place Noma. I, I've, it's actually been on my list for a while of like games I'm really interested in checking out. But, but I, the people are in the chat are talking about a book club, and I guess we we should continue on yes. with like talkdeephell.com. Yeah, deephell.com. Um, uh, yeah, we did. Gosh, I've been, as a brief aside, if people aren't familiar, I've been doing DeepHell.com for about four years now. Um, the original elevator pitch I used to tell myself in elevators alone um, while staring stone-faced with no expression into a mirror was it was a website where kind of a group of bad people talk about bad lessons video games teach us. That's sort of been where I've went with it. Yeah. Um, which is weird because now I'm doing all of these things that are like community oriented and like really trying to get people invested in like having conversations about video games that aren't just Twitter hot takes every single time somebody has something yes. to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did uh, the deephell.com book club for February, which you can join on our Discord. I post, I think, if you get on my Twitter, which is deephell.com. I have a link to our Discord, like as my pinned post. Last month, we talked about a very excellent shoot 'em up called Zero Ranger. And then when March 1st finally rolls around, we're going to be talking about Anodyne 2 until around the 22nd, 25th or something. Wow, what a what a coincidence. I wonder if I, there will be a future guest on the show, maybe even next week, or maybe two of them that know a lot about Anodyne 2. Maybe you should tune in next week. I probably will tune in that next week because I know if one of those people is the person I think it is, I have read almost everything they've written. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, Andy Apocalypse ever expanding its guest list. I like I, I'm just out there shooting my shot, and it turns out people just want to talk. You know, people. I mean, in my experience, uh, one of the, so I guess to circle back around to the website, to one of the things. One of the things I used to do on Deep Hell was I would go to conventions and do interviews and stuff. And just like, when you're not a very big website, you're kind of unsure about doing the whole internet thing, considering most people are on Twitch or right. YouTube or something. And you're like trying to make a website again. <laughs> Be surprised how many people, when you put a microphone in their face and say, hey, do you want to talk about yourself? Are just willing to just fucking spill the beans right there. Yeah, yeah, people, like, yes, especially once you stop, celebrity is made up. Yeah. And Indie Apocalypse here is the great equalizer. I don't care about celebrity, so I think everyone should stop caring about celebrity. People should uh, absolutely stop caring about celebrity. Uh, for me, it's difficult because I'm used to... I I mean, I actually, if you haven't listened, we also do a deepl.com podcast. And yes, we did I, have, I was going to say we had Andrew on. It was a very fun episode. Yeah, it's, yes. I, I, I will never be it, a celebrity. I mean, I could be, but really I don't flop. I would never flop my celebrity. That's the, if I've always, celebrity tear me down. I've always loved like the Tom Green idea of celebrity where you're just sort of someone who exists and just whatever opportunity comes your way, you always make sure that you're just doing 
whatever you would have done if the opportunity hadn't come your way anyway. Exactly. Yes. Now, what would you be doing if no, if you were a celebrity, what was the first thing you would be doing, Skeleton? Like, what kind of celebrity are we talking? Like, am I famous for, like, you got like 18, You got, like, 18 million Twitter followers. I don't know what you did to earn them. It doesn't matter. I have 18 million Twitter followers. I don't know what I did to earn them. It's unimportant. I would probably... You're a, you a famous podcaster. I would probably just, like, abuse that position to, like, make sure people just play the absolute just worst games I could get them to play. That's beautiful. And with that... Uh, and with uh, that... Maybe, yes. And just maybe, like, you know, just kind of pervert as much of the, like, game journalism discussion as I possibly could. Like, make games that have actually no cultural catch it, like, incredibly popular. Like, <laughs> I, I, I stumbled onto a YouTube channel recently, and it's a guy, you know, like, old, like, 90s, like, family movies? Yeah. He reviews specifically movies that are not bad enough to be like cultural classics but aren't good enough to be anything more than like a like a, a C plus like he play he's in that specific sweet spot where nobody remembers that movie and that just makes me think about like what if that guy had like a hundred million YouTube yeah. followers <laughs> yeah let me tell you all about let me tell you all about Freddie and the dreamers one day yeah let's let's talk about the movie Bushwhacker. like i'm gonna make everybody play you know like rygar on the playstation 2 or orphan oh. scion of sorcery playstation 2 rygar my god no <laughs> not even not even nes rygar that somebody might I, have heard of oh i played I, let me I, I played a lot of playstation 2 rygar I think we all have a place. We all, I think everyone has their own PlayStation 2 Rygar, like, say, for instance, Frogger on the PS1. But with that, we're, our time has flown by. Skeleton, great to have you. Yeah, it was fantastic talking to you. I'm still going to have you. We're going to have a group session at the end. But for now, okay. we're going to go to a break and we'll be back with our next guest. Perfect, because I need to like get another beer, maybe play a video game in there. You yeah, know. You'll, you'll have like an hour. Oh, perfect. Cool. Teamwork, guess so. Uh, we'll be back. G goodbye. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Ponytail's G Shock. I'm I'm doing that now because I like doing that. I'm really going into one of these days. I'll get a soundboard because I got a lot of good drops I want to deliver. And then I will accidentally just become like fucking office hours or something. Anyway, we're here with our second guest, Nilsson Carroll. Hello, Nilsson. How you doing? Who you may know. Hey. Wait, I, I got I this. Got you may know from issue seven of Indie Apocalypse with Flaming Million. Yeah. Or from this very show with that mash with that uh, video at the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't played, see I it. The, the DK one. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and people are still tuned in. That's what brings <laughs> the people here. Um, oh, man. That like when I was when I posted your first, the Zelda um, Digital Devil Saga one way back in the day, like that is still one of my my favorite screen caps that I've got that I've ever pulled. Was from uh, that video. Just like I will find a way to post it real quick, but it's exceptional. Um, anyway, how you doing, Nelson? Hi, good. Uh, I'm not that great. I don't know. Oh shit, no. <laughs> I'm not fine. Gonna... I'm falling asleep over here. <laughs> I've been like up for like 30 hours. <laughs> That's too many hours to be awake. Oh, I know. But 
we're here. We're gonna be. We're gonna talk about something. Yeah. Well, we need to talk about how am I a celebrity? Who knows? Who knows about me? Oh well, people. A lot of my friends tuned in when I was on the other couple weeks ago. Oh, you're on. And they're like, oh. no, so I don't want. Like, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to blow your blow up your spot or anything. But that was 13 weeks ago. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. Time moves, time moves fast, man. Yeah, that that was a long time ago. Feels like yesterday. Yeah, no, you were on the very first episode, which we are on episode uh, fourteen right now. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm surprised that I've been doing this this long as well. Yes, congratulations! This is your fourteenth episode. That's awesome. I know, and I've somehow managed to cram it full of like three guests for like twelve of those episodes. Oh yeah! I just keep. keep I've, I've I've overbooked some of these episodes. It's awesome. Four people next week. Talk. Yeah, I know. People just want to hang out. I want to talk to you, Andrew. People <laughs> love talking to you. I know. I, I I turn it on, and I was like, "What if I was just? What if I was just trying to be charismatic?" And then, like, what if it worked? And sometimes I like to think it does. <laughs> oh, you don't have to try. I think. Yeah. But. Just- and I'm also, I think I'm getting slowly better at being a radio host. Yeah. It's a slow, slow skill, but. Doing all right, man. Yeah. I, I respect people now who like, <laughs> who like host things, but <laughs> I I also don't mind being weird and combative. Oh, that's great. And that has, there, remember there was, I always think of. A quote referring to it's about um, the hosting style on Comedy Bang Bang, yeah. where he just says like you go on fucking Nerdist and the host cares about you too much, you go on WTF <laughs> and the host doesn't care about you at all, and then you uh-huh. go on Comedy Bang Bang and he doesn't know who you are, what's going on, and he's just waiting for you to say my wife, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> That's aspirational hosting style. And I just like, especially like I mentioned it in the pre-show video games are boring and I'm so sick of them. Well, we're going to talk about them. Tell me about Dragon Quest, Nelson. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Tell me about the, the, the end boss Dragon Quest sprite and how I love that guy. And which Dragon Quest? The very first one. Oh hell yeah! I that I mean, spoilers. That whole sequence, like, Dragon Quest One. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. It's like, it's so good. And so my favorite like sequence is like you go and you meet up with the princess, and she gives you this item, and this item, it wherever you use it, it like tells you her your location like based on her like psychic powers like she knows where you are all the time and like she tells you it's like that's uh you know that's this is like fucking weird that's whoever came up with that it's like a genius and so anyway you go to you know you go all the way around you build a rainbow bridge which is something i'm really obsessed with and i do a lot of like i don't know i like I'm obsessed with the Rainbow Bridge and like building the Rainbow Bridge, and I always thought that like something like very queer about it, and like that's just like this like great like thing like you have to overcome at the end of Dragon Quest, right? 
So you go over the Rainbow Bridge, and you get to Sherlock Castle, and you can see Sherlock Castle in the very beginning of the game, yeah. so it's, like, really great foreshadowing, right? So, like, that's, that's so just, like, well-designed. And so you get to the castle, and it's, like, foreboding. Like, all the enemies, like, way too hard, and... You, like, wander around the first, like, floor, and you're like, where the fuck am I going? Like, I can't deal with this. So this is, like, the first time that, like, you're in, like, a, you know, super, like, JRPG dungeon in that game. Like, there's not a lot of that in that game. And you're just, like, wandering around, you're like, where the fuck am I going? And there's, a, there's like, a throne, and you go behind the throne, and there's, like, a secret passageway in the throne. And that's just, like... It's so heavy. There's something very mythological about that. And you go, you finally figure that out, and you go through, like, this really hard dungeon, and um, in the original game, you can only level up so much. Yeah. So, like, you're, like, grinding for hours just to, like, fight the, like, normal enemies in the final area, but it's still, like, it kind of feels like it's not enough, but, like, they really, I think it's, like, level 30 that you can grind up to. Yeah, says you. Some yeah. of us are playing on BizHawk, and we freeze our health values in the RAM. No, come on, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, honestly, like, please do that. I, that's, that is literally my idea. Like, oh, my God, I do not want to grind anymore. I'm just, like, <laughs> listen, uh, this is IndiePocalypse PSA. I say it multiple times. If you're playing old games... Learn how to use BizHawk and learn how to freeze RAM values. It's, I was your doing. Uh, I was playing uh, the Seventh Saga recently with some friends, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that game. It's a Super Nintendo yes, I, JRPG. Very difficult. I own a copy of it. Oh, word, yeah. And so I was playing it, and I was kind of like lagging behind, like where my friends were at in the game. And uh, I was like, I can't deal with this. I'm like trying to grind up, and even grinding's like hard. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I'm like, all right, like I'm like, I know how to like hack ROMs, so I'm just gonna like hack all of my like stats to yeah. be like really high. And that just, like, introduced all these, like, new glitches in the game. And, like, everything's, like, kind of, like, flickering. And, like, my, like, stats are, like, going up and down. Like, on, like when I would, like, level up and, like, my strength would, like, like negative. Like, oh, man. Like, I really screwed up my yeah. save file. <laughs> when I was when I was playing that first Dragon Quest, I accidentally, like, if the enemy hit me so hard that I had, like, over my max HP, I would still die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, like, how the game worked. But, oh, but so anyway... Dragon Quest. Yeah. Real quick. So you get to the final boss, and this is, like, what possibly top ten, like, video game moments for me. He's like, all right, like, join me. Like, you can, you know, you can rule the world with me, and you can say yes or no. Yes, And yes. I very often make, like, little weird JRPGs, and I... I'm always tempted and like do a lot include something and like the end of them where it's like all right like you can join the bad guy and then like if you join the bad guy it's just like all right like that's the end of the game like you don't get to see the ending <laughs> yeah like for for the joke around but thou must with dragon quest it lets you not thou must occasionally or they play with that concept a lot even the very first even in the very first game yeah so yeah, I like it's, it's. Yeah, you say sure I'll join. I'm just into game over. <laughs> I'm just like sitting here, like in my bed, being like, "Oh, Dragon Quest! Like I love Dragon Quest." 
I yeah I when I it was like a blind spot for me and I was like I'll just play through dra- oh, like I have all these Dragon Quest games that I bought forever ago for the DS what if I loaded them up on emulators instead yeah. and instead of dragging out my DS and yeah. played through like all these Dragon Quest games and I was like wow these are good games but yeah totally um i recent there was recently i don't know if you saw this on itch there was a game jam um it was about making lists like a list jam yes and so i made a all classes list even i made a (laughs) did you see it did you look at it (laughs) yes i i I pay attention i look i regularly i follow every contributor and then i regularly check up on their feed to see what they publish what they what games they rate because it's another way I find yeah. games. Because I'm watching yeah, what games definitely. you add to your collections. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, so I made a list of Dragon Quest classes, but, like, sort of, like, my, like, take on them. So they're all, like, weird and gay and, like, you know, I'm, like, calling out the, like, imperialism of, like, Dragon Quest gay mechanics of, like, yeah. you know, being an explorer and going into, like someone else's you know community and like stealing their orb and like that like i'm really interested in like those kinds of mechanics and like unpacking like what the metaphor means and seeing how you can like subvert it or at least like call attention to it and critique it because because i mean there's thought to some of this even in these very mainstream games yeah Someone who's occasionally like thinking is like, oh, this isn't just an RPG where you press buttons and kill slimes with pun names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's always, you know, there's always something like under the hood going on and like, you know, just thinking about like, where do these assumptions come from? And like, you know, I love Dragon Quest. It's like one of my favorite series, but I'm still also very critical of no yeah Yeah. all of it really you know and so like me doing like a list of the classes is me sort of poking fun at some of that and like calling attention to some of it and also just like making it really weird and gay you know (laughs) yeah yeah there's it's it's perfectly fine turns out you can enjoy things and not enjoy other parts of those same things at the same time yeah yeah totally i mean i often say that I'm attracted to things that make me think. Yeah. So often I'm like attracted to things that are like bad, you know, or problematic or, you know, really deserve critique. And like, that's why I'm attracted to them. So I can like unpack these things and think about them. And that's, you know, I'm not going to say it's fun for me, but it's, you know, it's, it's just something that I do. Right. Oh, well, it's, <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird kind of fun. Maybe I've, I have that sometimes that feeling with things that are not like a fun moment, but uh, I get all like riled up and I get s- super excited, even though it's not like a fun, like, you know, a traditionally fun revelation. I get all pumped about it. Cause I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, go for it. I like it. I appreciate it. <laughs> when, some, when something just takes like a hard swing, I appreciate yeah. a hard swing. Um, but we have a question here from a previous guest. Okay. Um, it is, do you think you'd have a better chance fighting yourself in five years in the past or five years in the future? Fighting myself? Fighting yourself. Fighting myself? Oh, my. You're really going to send me down, like, a existential 
crisis. Yeah. Um, Not me, a previous guest. I'm just delivering the message. Eat myself. Well, oh, definitely, like, I have, like, a very, like, decaying, like, weak body. So, like, in five years, like, I'm probably going to be, like, kind of fucked up. More <laughs> like, all my, my, like, bones are, like, disintegrating. And I'm just, like, turning into, like, a mummy. Um... So, but, so body, like, strength and defense is going to be, like, way lower. But honestly, like, my, like, mind and, like, spirit might be significantly higher in five years. I can't say. Right. Um, so. I'd hate to disappoint you, but mind and spirit are not useful stats in the current world we live in. For fighting. (laughs) Well, I'm fighting myself, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Are you just. like. (laughs) And I'm assuming that it's like the kind of uh, system where if you have, well, I actually, so actually, I'm assuming the the kind of system we're talking about here is like a system where the higher your magic is, the more susceptible you are to magic. Okay, yeah, because you believe and it. So, and so that could be like that could be really detrimental to me if my if my spirit goes up. I'll just you know. And honestly, like, you know, we're talking about, like, video game metaphors, but I definitely suffer from, like, that kind of problem where, like, you, like, learn about, like, a disease or something, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, I definitely have that problem. Like, I was, like, reading about, like, joint pain or something, like, this, like, and it had, like, a name, and I was like, I think, like, I woke up the next day, I was like, I'm in so much pain right now, like, I definitely have this problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So... (laughs) I I have a mild cough. What disease do I want to have? Yeah. <laughs> um. Did I answer your question? <laughs> I believe so. That you answered it okay. to the best one could ever answer a question. Okay. I think. Thank you. I was I like, also excited. I like the idea of spirit because it reminds me of yeah. the faith stat in Final Fantasy Tactics, which I like it very much conceptually as a oh, yeah, like in world where it's like. I believe in mysticism, so it hurts me more, but I'm better at it. Yeah. I love, yeah, that's very interesting to me. And I think that faith, if it goes like all the way up, I forget if it goes all the way up or all the way down, but then your character has a chance of leaving your party, like leaving the war. Yeah. Is cool. And I was just like, you know, like it's probably never going to happen, but like you're still like really worried about it. Yeah, I mean, if you played it, like, say, a million times and you already know how to power game it because that was like, wow, this is my first strategy RPG. This game's typos and all. I love it. He's like, don't blame me. Blame your God. Uh, I was like, this rules. Uh, yeah, you can blame me or you can blame God. Which, that's that in my, on my tombstone. Yeah, that, yes. For someone... <laughs> the game is like a revelation when I mean, you're like an impressionable teen and it's like video games can be good actually yeah oh you you know you you guys are talking about strategy rpgs yeah you know a couple minutes ago and it's like oh yeah like tactics ogre and like final fantasy tactics like those are like two of my all-time faves you know they're so heavy you know and every every moment is so like heavy and sometimes it like drags yeah and it's like too slow but it's still like there's some real meat to those games and obviously i'm like a huge jrpg fan 
Although I've never played an uh, Atelier game, so... I have not either. I'm still not quite sure what they are. <laughs> I thought they were like Harvest Moon or something. But we're like... Yeah, fighting. I think they have to do with weapon crafting. There's like a lot of crafting, I assume. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like systems that are not fighting and something is going on. Yeah. Um... This, this Do you want to hear about the? This chat disappears after this end because there's no vods in this land. No vods, no masters, no rules in any apocalypse radio. <laughs> do I want to hear about what now? How much time do we have left? Uh, we've got at least six minutes. We got plenty of time. Okay. Oh, so, do you want to hear about the game that I'm working on now, or do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want me to read a Steam review that I got the other day? Oh, ooh, ooh. what is the Steam review for what game? Okay. So I very recently, like the other week, put Flaming Million on Steam, like just for kicks. Yeah, you know, like I'm definitely like an itch person. You yeah. know, like I don't really belong on Steam, which is fine. But I was like, I'm just gonna do it anyway, just for fun, like whatever. Right. And so it it got on Steam, and you know, like I'm not really telling anybody, so it's not like a lot of people are seeing it on Steam. But I got a review, and it is it's apt. Andrew, it is apt. Let me hear it. Let me. Can I get a oh username God. up top? I'm not gonna say the username. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it and just know that I think it's very apt. All right. All right. So this person says, "I only played a little bit. This is Flaming Million, uh, but it's just really bad. The mechanics were very boring to use. The broken game aesthetic just strained my eyes with the backgrounds and sprites." The plot and story just feel like some 14-year-old girl winning an argument in the shower. And hell, saw tons of bugs in my short playtime. It's just a sloppy mess that needs no one's attention to this Tumblr weirdo's revenge fantasy. And I love this review. Yeah. I, I, you gotta understand, Andrew. Like... Somebody calling me a 14-year-old girl, quote-unquote, winning an argument in the shower (laughs) is like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. Like, that is me. You know, like, it's so, it's it's really apt. So I was happy. Yeah, like that. Yes, of course. That is, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of, there's there's a reason a lot of itch people don't put stuff on Steam. Because yeah, why why would you bother? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a different audience. It's like right. But, well that begs the question, like how did this part like I nobody knows that I put this on Steam. Right. Like there's no I didn't do anything. Like how did they even find the game? Like what provoked them to like be interested in trying it, it for a couple minutes? Like who is it free like to that's play? that's is free, yeah. Okay. So what if they just like scroll, like do you look for like new RPG games? Uh, <laughs> and just like play with it, like oh free, I'll play. Or they just troll free games. Uh, yeah, well, so I was happy. I told that I told my friend that, and she was like, "Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you are you sad right now? Like, no, I totally expected that, and like, I, yeah. it's energizing to me to get that kind of feedback. No, I think video games need more stuff that people hate. totally oh yeah totally like i'm glad that person knows that game exists and like had a really (laughs) reaction to it 
Yeah, yeah, because so much... There's too much with, like, games that it's very much... Everyone has, like, we all have to have the same reaction, and we ride that same reaction wave of we all love it or we all hate it, or we distinctly don't like it because everybody else likes it, or... That person had a very singular experience with Flaming Million. (laughs) But it's so true. It's so true to the game. Yeah, yeah, it's... (laughs) Did you feel like you won that argument? I do what an argument? Did you, did you feel like you won that argument in the shower? Oh, oh um, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I think. So at least, maybe, at least, perhaps the quotation marks were unmerited. Yeah. Well, I mean, to them, I'm sure that I didn't win, but yeah. to me, I won. Uh, so what are we working on now? You were going, before you segued into yeah. your Steam review. Tell me about your oh. current project. Working on a new RPG Maker game um, that is. Have you played Earthbound? I have played Earthbound. You know the part where uh, you go to Happy Happy Valley and you go into like the cult building, yeah. And there's just like cult, there's like a thousand cult members, and so like a puzzle to get through them, yeah. And you like talk to some of them, and they all have, like weird things to say. Um, so I really love that moment. And I want to make a RPG where you are trying to help your friend get into a Planned Parenthood, but there's so many abortion protesters that it's like a puzzle to get to the building. And uh, I made like a small version of this a long time ago that is around, um, but I want to make it like sort of a, a, a meteor experience. Right. Um, just like game about like all the ways that like you can get abortion protesters to move. I drive past a Planned Parenthood every day to work, and there has literally been at least three to ten abortion protesters out there every single day for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> so like we should really make a video game about these yeah. people. Like they deserve it, you know. But somebody should talk about this. So I'm really inspired by them, and I'm. I'm curious to see how it'll go, but I'm really stoked to like get into that a little bit. And I love like, you know, puzzly kind of RPGs. Like there won't be any like RPG battles in it. It'll right, be like right. a puzzle game, like right, but, puzzle I mean, game, like slash like dating sim. You know? <laughs> yeah, but RPG Maker still does a lot of like the busy work for you. Yeah, yeah, I love RPG Maker. I would definitely recommend that to anybody who wants to make like small games. If there's really? anyone out, I will see if there's anyone out there who has a PlayStation Two and a copy of RPG Maker Two for the PlayStation for said PlayStation Two. Uh, one of my dream projects is a kind of game where it's like, like kind of almost like an ex, like exquisite corpse, but with uh, RPG Maker Two. Oh yeah! Everyone spends a month working on the game, then they mail it to the next person. And it's this game that just like lives on a memory card. That's really beautiful, Andrew. Uh, but it's like hard. It's I need to find. I need to make like a job board or something on my site. Yeah. It's like this is the weird. The, here's Andrew's weird bullshit projects to sign up for. You have to like send somebody like the disc in like possibly yeah. a PlayStation. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I'm not giving up. But I think that's a good. A good project. Yeah, I was. In, it was. It's partially inspired by. There's a group in Japan who buys up like old. I don't know if they still do, but I imagine they must. 
they buy yeah. up a bunch of old Famicom RPG makers or Super Famicom and yeah. they just play the I games that are on. That. I've heard of, I've seen it, I've seen them on like Twitter or something, and yeah, yeah that's a really fun project. I, yeah, it's you know, it's like archaeological. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, it, it yeah. always reminds me of I. I had a so a small digression before we go to break, which is I bought a copy of Link to the Past used from a Funko a Funko Land, and one of the characters' names was Bong, and I didn't know what that was as like an eight year old, and still in the context of that game specifically, when I think of that character named Bong, I still do not register it as the drug paraphernalia a Bong. <laughs> It's just the name of that guy's link. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> and as we go, Nilsson, have you ever bought? Have you ever gotten any used cartridge games? And do you remember any fun uh, names from them? Oh my god, that used to be such a thing. I remember being a very young person, and I bought a PlayStation One memory card, and I had been playing Final Fantasy VII for a little bit, but I wasn't very far. But I got a new memory card, and that had a Final Fantasy VII like nine 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 maxed every stat money <laughs> item, and then they had all of the because you can change the menu color. It's normally blue, but they had the menu all black. Oh, and I was like, dude, like I don't remember what the names were, but it was like, dude, like this guy was like serious you know like this is like a serious final fantasy player and i still remember like feeling just like like a chill down my spine because it was like so like serious and impressive and also kind of intimidating like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna be that good at final fantasy <laughs> yeah i oh. i similarly um okay before i get sidetracked and talk about my own personal um, Nelson, as we go out, what did your Final Fantasy menu colors scheme look like? I it was... A, I had like a cool uh, like rainbow with like a little purple thing coming through the middle, sort of like very high contrast stuff. Well, I'm definitely a purist, so like blue I think is like the best. But, you know, put it... Because in that game you could do like a gradient, right? Yeah, like that's what I kind of had. It was like green to like... a purplish in the middle and then i think a green on the bottom sort of thing so cool that they let you do that um i definitely was like the original blue but then like a little like pink gradient in there of the kind of cute it up a little bit well perfect and with that um we are going to go on a break everyone hey thanks for joining me nelson i'll see you later. Uh, uh, goodbye everyone for now Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was I'm a fucking McDonald's with Drinking Boys and Girls Choir. My I've my way of getting into K pop is to not get into K pop. I'm just gonna get into Korean punk. Uh, and that's the only way I can do it to be an insufferable asshole about things. But I'm here with Griffin. Hey doing Griffin. You had a very hot switch of your avatar last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking for another uh, image of myself because uh, I, I keep uh, I keep lots of images of myself in my pocket, and <laughs> I found that, which is uh, from the Columbus Convention Center, 
a place that we did not meet but have hung out. Yeah, no, we've met at, at in Atlanta. We yeah, we've met in multiple states. That's how that's how exciting our our relationship is. Remember when you could go to multiple states? Ooh, yeah. Remember when my primary source of income was leaving Ohio? <laughs> I, that's that's a, a yeah. That's yeah. a mouchy. Yeah, Great that's, start. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a anyway. <laughs> now I'm sad. How, you do, how you doing, Griffin? How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. It's, it's it's been a delight being a fly on the wall, listening to very uh, varied conversations. I like, uh, I like to have varied conversations here. Um, I just kind of like let the natural flow of conversation yeah, whiz by I, me and see what I can do. You know. When when skeleton was on, I was I was excited for a second. I thought that every every guest got the same question from the previous guest. No. So I was like, "Oh, dude, I love flowers. This is gonna be awesome." And then the the second question was way deeper. I was like, "No, here's and would oh, you like to have, get your question, Griffin?" Oh, let's just get out of the way. Yeah, let's 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 hit it. Let's okay. let's start it off. So this is a weird question for you in particular. We usually have game developers of some kind on this. Oh no, this, show. Is, this is fine. I can um, pretend. What game development related skill are you most envious of? So I guess that also works for you. Anything uh, involving uh, art or actual drawing. Uh, I, I would say I am a good image manipulator, but I am not an artist. Uh, so the things that I do that involve art uh, is is uh, I'm, I'm bullshitting. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I, I could uh, elaborate. The the one section of game development that I do know about besides like boring merchandising outside marketing blah 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 which is development but that's a that's a gray area yeah so uh, sometimes i squeak into a microphone and people use it for things oh like like voice acting i think is what they call that yes yes that's what the, that's what the kids are calling it these days uh vo I, yeah v, vo v, which is like you're it, on the it's such a it's such a minute thing but in in gaming, it's VO, and in anime, it's VA, and, and I come from that world way more than I do games. So, a, a couple times I've referred to it as VA, and I've had people go, "What do you what? what? It's like, oh, voice actor. Like, what does yeah. that mean? It's, like, it's just a person who does VO. Like, oh, it's like, yeah, but VO doesn't cover like like a person isn't a yeah. VO. It, I I, re I refer um, to all all sound going coming from mouth to microphone. I just call it all vox, baby. There we go. There we go. It works. Keep it simple. Keep it clean. <laughs> Keep it yeah. simple and clean. Hey, I know that. I know that song. And it's... the Skrillex remix. Ugh. <laughs> I don't care about the Skrillex remix. I, I just bought... Uh, so I, I, I'm just going to further confuse people as to why I'm here. Uh, I don't really play video games. Uh, I'm a very recent... Oh shit! Did I type? I, I guessed on your name. I spelled it wrong, didn't I? Yeah, that that was what I what I said. That so for the folks who were not in the actual call, who were, who were watching and, and listening, um, right before we went live, I was about to tell Andrew that there's a typo in the you, title of the stream. How do I spell your last name? Quick. Well, you spelled it right on the screen. There's just there's no there's no e in my last name, but. Oh. I was about to like say, "Hey," and I guess you thought I was referring to the profile picture switch because you're like, "Yeah, I got it." And we're live, and I was like, "Oh, okay." 
And you know what? I think I... And here's the beauty, is that in the the question part, I spelt it correctly. Oh, you, yeah, you've, that's the only place you've spelled it wrong. I, I was... I blame it. I My Twitter, like, display name is my name because yeah. I'm brave and don't ever want a job again. Um, except for the last, like, like, week and a half, it's been a line from a fan fiction that is almost kind of about me that I loved the line that mentioned me, so I just made it my display name. Well, I it is, correct, <laughs> it is corrected now for... <laughs> Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Future generations will know that there's no E in my last name. Yes. Despite, hypothetically, the actual origin of my last name having an E in it, somewhere along the line, someone just said, eh, don't need it. And your your name is cut off. This is what happened. Oh, I'm a curato. You're a curato. Like a... So speaking of curato, you mentioned going to conventions a lot oh, as oh, a I primary So Griffin, what, what do you do? What do I do? What do, you do? Uh, thank you for uh, verbalizing what I ask myself every uh, night before I go to sleep and every morning before I get up. In, in, um, a, non in a non-lockdown-based world, what, oh, do, what did you do? When I met you in Atlanta, what were you doing? Let me think back to the far-off year of uh, 2019. Um, so I guess I, I, I put it in my Twitter bio. I, 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 the best way to word it that I think is ex carney uh, for a good while, I was a traveling arcade tech, uh, so like conventions that would hire an outside company to bring in arcade machines, a Japan, Tokyo American, attack. whatever. It, Tokyo Tech, Snow Phoenix, Psychic Drive, all my K-Dogs, all my boys, all my boys and all my peeps, uh, yeah. community reference for the three people out there. Um, yeah, I, I would do that and... and was just getting to the point where I was like, hey, I, I'm making enough money to come back, take my girlfriend on a few dates, leave the state again, uh, and then the world caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to pivot, because my skills were uh, useless. So right. I, I, I was spending a good 20 to 30 weekends out of the year out of the state, out of my home, uh, which... I say weekends. A lot of those were like Wednesday to Monday, like right convention weekends. You know, like, yeah, shows like you know Atlanta. You know we're driving. It's not like we're flying or anything. So you know, for a Thursday to Sunday show, we got to leave Wednesday morning, which means oh. oftentimes I'm leaving home Tuesday night to get to Columbus, which where all the I also flew trucks leave out of. Right. I was trying. I was trying to. So as you will. Something that will come up occasionally on this show is that if you ever hear me make a weird divergence, because I this is a problem I have socially that people know me or are aware. Of, but I like why well, you when you say Atlanta, I don't fly to Atlanta. My brain step back three different shops, the conversations <laughs> that you weren't a part of, and go, oh right, I flew to Atlanta. You did. You, you, yes. Yeah. You, I flew to you. Atlanta. You were smart. And, that relates uh, to a conversation that I had yesterday with people you don't know. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. But um what is like what is like driving that long so i don't drive uh which is great for situations like that yeah uh, that there's uh myriad now, physical uh is mental this vision etc is this voluntary or is this uh, the government does not allow you to i play it off as uh more voluntary than it is because the truth is uh ambiguous a lot of it plays into uh doctors are expensive and yeah. going to like doctors that will prove what I already know about me is 
expensive and redundant. It's a whole thing. So I just don't. Perfect. So I I ride a passenger in big old Penske trucks for many hours at a time and get to fun places and set up arcade machines. And and it's great because uh, I don't do that anymore. And the company I did that with uh, no longer exists. And um, I don't really see it coming. Not only do I not see that company coming back, I don't see that concept coming back near strong for a long time post the plague because so many companies that that were doing things like that during the pandemic have been kind of pivoting to i mean psychic drive is looking into a permanent warehouse space they're doing a lot of streams they're merchandising Uh, a lot of the providers have for the last year loaned out their cabinets to local places just kind of on a hey we don't take them anywhere so Right. Got to do something with them. This is the most niche conversation I could possibly have. But yeah, the the sphere of at least Midwestern right side of the country uh, arcade companies is dramatically different now that A, Tokyo Tech is shuttered, and B, so many companies, when they do come back, are going to have to dust off the cobwebs. And this is a very run-and-gun industry. It's a lot of people going show to show to show to show to show yeah. and the second they they sit down and think about it it's it, it it's a lot so having a lot of time to think i don't know that everyone will come back obviously we already lost one company but i don't know that everyone's gonna return yeah, um and, and how and also yeah. how quickly are the conventions going to return <laughs> did you mean the group chat that i'm in for leadership <laughs> of a convention that will remain nameless talking about how the fuck they're going to figure out registration this year? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Conventions are um, all on fire. And if you like one, um, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I I was, I, I had lofty aspirations last year that I was going to go to TCAF this year. Mm-hmm. Nope. I, nope. I filled up my, my virtual <sighs> submission just the other week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I uh, uh, this this year would have been the 18th Ohio Con that I had attended, and I I did some of the online. Like, there was an online event. I emceed parts of it. I I was there, but it was like this isn't the same. I'm no. sleeping in my own bed. I I have time to eat a meal. This isn't right. Right. I I did one <laughs> virtual event, and it was like I sat around at a table, and two people visited. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 something. It's nicer um, though because you can sit, you can just kick it and read a book, and then oh yeah, yeah. Nobody have, knows have you're not a, paying attention. Have a nice beverage, peruse Twitter more than more than at, at actual cons, but yeah, um, it, it's definitely like the adrenaline is not there. Right, like, right. I was laid back. <laughs> yeah, it's just chilling. And like, I had stress for the Ohio Con thing, but that was just because I was playing tech support for right. guests who had never done Discord before. But otherwise, it was like, this is, I'm just talking to my buddies. This isn't real. Right, right. Yeah. And, like, also, Discord is very easy to set up, as I've learned oh, doing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was a breeze. Like, we had technical issues, but that's only because we tried doing everything on Discord as opposed to trying to port some of it to platforms that are better meant for. Uh, broadcasting right uh, who knew um yeah and like <laughs> whatever obs works great i use it every week 
and there was it's easy to set up scenes it's easy to do studio transitions oh yeah I sometimes wonder if I'm slowly accumulating marketable skills every time I do this. Curses, my resume looks good. What have I done wrong? Right. It's like, wow, could I just get cheap jobs doing other things? Could I be a video oh, producer? Oh, yeah. That seems like it would be fun. Like the number of, like, so this, this, what I pivoted to, which is related and I'm sure we'll get into, this is yeah. a very natural segue. A, a lot of it was was me going, well, the three minutes a, a day in, in the before times that I had time to, like, mess around on Photoshop and and, and think about, like, how I like t-shirts to look. Yeah. Now I'm, like, looking at all these, you know, people I know, people I don't know, and, and looking at their, like, merch shops and just going, oh, it's, I could do that better. And then I was like, oh, I have I have time to, to, to not just say that, but to do it. I should maybe Would you say it. that you might have a merch shop? Oh my goodness, that's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't do anything worthy of having merch, but... <laughs> yes, uh, my my other gig, uh, the gig that uh, pays more than conventions, which is to say it pays any amount at all, um, I do t-shirts. That that time-honored internet internet entrepreneur tradition. Yes, so. of, of uh, trying to break even on a monthly uh, recurring subscription to a service yes which if sometimes t-shirts i do yes so i um so this my, my whole grievance with t-shirts started uh many years ago uh conventions because it all comes back to conventions with me yeah. um staffers get uh shirts that say you know staff and the logo of the convention and that's it, it's how they are often supposed to be recognized you know some conventions have a badge and a lanyard but generally speaking you go to a convention, you look around long enough to figure out, okay, that's the color and that's what the staff shirt looks like. If I got a problem, I got to go to one of those guys. Those shirts are always gilded, nipple destroyer pieces of shit. Yeah. And they're supposed to be like a, oh, thank you for working for us. As as it's not even presented as a uniform. It's like, here is our gift to you, a free shirt. You know, attendees would pay twenty dollars for this shirt. It's free and i'm like i know you paid four dollars for this piece of shit and it feels like it it's cheap it's like dense it's uncomfortable crunchy the print is just like you you cut out the design on a piece of paper and, and glued it on it's it's i hate it hate 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 big hater so i for a brief period uh ran quote unquote a, a convention for a whopping year because the actual people in charge of it were too busy, and they're like, hey, can you run this for a second while we pay our bills? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and I lost all my hair and got really sad, but the thing we did right was shirts. Our first staff shirt was very comfy, and it still holds up to this day, and I wear it all the time, and it's it, the print's still solid. And then the next year, we had way less money, and <laughs> it was a garbage... On nice shirts. Exactly. It's like, it was double the price per shirt, which is still like eight or nine bucks but, but hey that was a lot yeah. so the next year we made these worse shirts and the art was less good but that's that's not neither here nor there uh um, right. and i hated it and i was like oh man when i when i'm in charge i'm gonna make comfy t-shirts and then i got to the spot where i wasn't in charge of a convention and i still wanted to make comfy t-shirts and also i made a joke because i like, I've been designing joke t-shirts for years just right. because it's, it's funny. The concept of something that should not be on a t-shirt being on a t-shirt appeals to the lizard part of the skull. Yeah, it's there's 
how do you think a Spencer's gift and hot topics? Is, I mean, hot topics is a different thing. Well, exactly. You know, a Spencer's gift. I think there was a in a local mall that I had. There was like almost I don't know what the store was called, but it had like wall to wall bad joke funny. T-shirts. Yeah, funny T-shirts. Yeah, and there's a lot of like the the mall like little pop up stands that are like we'll print we'll print you a shirt in like ten minutes and it and it's you can get the you know you know he's he's my queen she's my uh, king i got that backwards or maybe not who knows i don't know um, I, last time i went to the, the mall they all have like naruto on them now oh god not to, not to sidetrack uh if anyone's ever looked at hot topic recently um it's sad i've Just, never i've never been inside one i do go to they've followed so far I do go to a mall every now. I also ne- didn't really like Hot Topic very much as a teen. I was too cool for Hot Topic. I wish that was me. Yeah. I was just cool enough. I think I got, <laughs> I think I got a Black Sabbath T-shirt from a Hot Topic once. That that tracks, yeah. They would never do that now. I but I, I was think... <laughs> I, I wasn't even cool enough for that back then. Let's, if I'm being fully honest, I was I probably just liked War Pigs or something. I didn't even appreciate now now good. hot topic is all k-pop and youtubers it's uh it's twitter but a store and i say that in the worst way possible um i didn't even appreciate planet caravan <laughs> like any good self-respecting person should <laughs> that's a good... oh man anyway uh what about like something about shirts i like where anyway um so yeah i uh was stuck at home for longer than a day and yeah. went stir crazy and decided to, as I was doing at conventions, get myself into something completely ridiculous right. that, that I could then use to support my friends because what yeah. I do at Ohio con that I never actually mentioned, despite an excellent lead up to it from you was, um, I curate, uh, an indie showcase full of developers of t- both tabletop and digital games from, primarily around the midwest just yeah. because of uh, ease of travel but we've had people as far as uh you're in some other state um, massachusetts and uh canada that's that's like a state uh, it's, but i mean depends which part of canada they're coming from if they're coming from vancouver maybe but if they're coming from like toronto i, like... I don't i think they're like just north of, of michigan so yeah that, it's all i know is it's canada because that's a great like marketing thing for me right. to be like it's international da 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 um, I've I have also gone to Canada for games. Aha! They're in, in, an international traveling game artist. The, af- a, the aforementioned TCAF, or as is known long ways, the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. Oh, that is what that would stand for, isn't yeah. it? Oh, huh. big fan of that show. I really, I miss most is independent comic shows going away. Have did you ever get to go to CXC? No. CXC, uh, Cartoon Crossroads Columbus. It is a comic animation, pri- the art of both. Based, it, it is a festival academic show. It is put on uh, in Columbus. Uh, it's not by OSU, but they work with OSU a lot because OSU is home to the largest academic library of cartoon art. Yeah, what's his face? Columbus has uh, a comic Rock? scene. Does, what? Uh, Colum- yeah, Columbus has uh, every kind of nerd scene imaginable, yeah. and it is hilarious. Um, remember- Bill Waterston of Calvin and Hobbes donated 
something like 95% of the original art from Calvin and Hobbes to this one library. Yeah. So they have a permanent exhibit up that I, I haven't gotten to go, but when I do, I will sob openly because they have the art for the final strip in like a beautiful spot where it's got its own spotlight and I assume a permanent wet floor side because again, everyone I assume is just crying or maybe it's just going to be me. Uh, it might just be, I remember it was Noah Van Shiver was talking about Columbus a lot in his books and maybe realize, Oh, there's a scene talking like there was a scene in Columbus. That's not the shame. It's, it's a, it's a good city. I mean, the, one of the top 10 oldest anime conventions, multiple anime conventions a year, uh, the second largest tabletop event in the country, um, myriad other fun little events. Um, Go the the Midwest is a lot cheaper than the coasts are shocker it's a a great time to do stuff in ohio that's uh that's what i'm saying as someone who lives in like the most expensive state i think (laughs) i can't remember it's i think it's either me or california i think it might be massachusetts honestly did you just say you're a state i am a state i am the state of massachusetts (laughs) there's so many i learned the other day that it has like a million songs it has like a an official glee song an official ode an official polka song huh okay i I think it used to have an official what is what do you think the official griffin as we head out and finish this little topic chat we've been having what do you think given your druthers what would you argue to be the official rock song of columbus of ohio columbus or not of columbus of ohio the state of ohio so that means ohio and it doesn't need to be rock. Rock just means you don't have to be a stuffy, we love Ohio, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Like, like an Ohio actual, like, beautiful or something. I'm glad you clarified not just Columbus, because if it was just Columbus, I think legally I would have to pick a Columbus band, of which there are, like, two. What's the, top, Colum- which... What's the top Columbus band, you think? I, do, I, I really... I'm pretty sure it's 21 Pilots. I, oh, woof. That's a bad one, dude. I don't remember if Imagine Dragons is... Oh, that's double bad, dude. But, like, uh, listen, I like... The problem I have is I like the origin of Imagine Dragons more than anything they've ever done. Also, they're not from Columbus, thank God. Um, Uh, I guess I'll... Massachusetts doesn't have a lot of great stuff either. Song for Ohio. I don't... Who? That's true. There's a a bit where we return, right? I might have to think on this. I might have to look through my Spotify. I'll, I'll let you think about this. Maybe maybe one day Sufjan will get around to that Ohio album, and then you'll have a whole album for it. <laughs> no, that won't happen. Hey, he got two done. He'll get he'll get there eventually. Similar. Wait, did he do? Oh, that? I'm I'm a fool. Uh, it's obviously Cleveland Rocks, the theme song to the Drew Carey show. Oh, okay, yes, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> obviously, the best rock I... song about Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that song. It's a bop. That is a show that I would watch because it was on syndication and I was a child and I don't know what else I would do with my time. It's and with that, we're going to go to break. And if you learned anything, you got to be quick with your farewells or else you're going to get cut off by my transition. Goodbye, everybody. We're going to break. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was post-pre, and I don't know where I got that song from, and it, uh, I don't know where to find any more of that band. It seems to have vanished from the internet. 
aside from like some last FM page or something. But that's the beauty of like, I just downloaded a lot of music at some point and it's just on my computer. Um, I think it's cool. We were talking about bands from your state. I was talking the other day with friends about uh, Massachusetts official song was, I don't know if it still is. It was Roadrunner by the Modern Lovers. And I think the Modern Lovers are maybe, I don't know, the best Massachusetts band. It's, I think I've narrowed it down between the Modern Lovers and Magnetic Fields, maybe. But yeah, those are the two that I know that I like. Or maybe Mission of Burma. Oh, right. Bands from, bands from my state. Oh, this is so troublesome because I'm into so much. I'm into so much local music, but I mean, classic 1990s heartthrobs, the gin blossoms. Come on! Ooh. Oh, fantastic! I what is the what is the gin? What's the gin blossom song? You know? Oh, that one. Oh, hey jealousy. Okay, hey jealousy. Yeah, they did hey jealousy. Um, Jimmy Eat World, of course. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? Um, ooh, there's just so many like terrible '90s bands. I feel like we're from my state. Um, gosh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What oh, else? What else? Belle Biv DeVoe originated in Massachusetts. Oh, but then there's also like old fucking Boston. But anyway, well, David Spade is from my state. Oh, oh one of my favorite <laughs> musicians, David Spade. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite musicians, David Spade. Um, I mean, the Gin Blossoms are pretty much for like popular bands people know. Yeah, Listen, like that's what we've got. It's it's all it's all better than Dropkick Murphys. Uh, AJJ are from Arizona, even though I fucking hate that band. And Massachusetts band, they suck so much, dude. <laughs> Ohio has Rascal Flats, which I, uh, they're from Columbus specifically, so. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to listen? Okay, listen, before I start ragging on nonstop fucking Kill Switch Engage and Power Man 5000 <laughs> and God Smack, ugh. It's all, uh. <laughs> I, I'm pinning all my hopes to Jonathan Richmond. <laughs> oh, uh, Mega Ran is from my state. I always forget about Mega Ran. Hey, there you go. Um, anyway, speaking of music, we have a question here. The one Ooh. question, let me refresh to see if there's more than one question. There is not. It's from Juan Cena. And the reason we ask for questions ahead of time is so the comedians in the audience who want to make a big fun joke, I can just skip that part <laughs> and ask the question, <laughs> which is, what is your favorite Daft Punk song? Oh. <laughs> and why... Is it the why is it actually Daft Punk is playing at my house? My favorite Daft Punk song is actually Touch. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the the, the king asshole. I'm gonna say the the Daft Punk remix of the Daft Punk song Aerodynamic from the <laughs> remix album they did of Discovery. I'm a fake fan. Like what? Did, like it's Discovery ju- Discovery two thousand, I think it was called, or something. No, it, it's not the it's not the it's not for the mashup album. They okay. actually did a. It's called Daft Club. It was just a remix album. It got panned critically, uh, but it came and it was this was very early two thousands. It came yeah. with a little membership card that was an actual number you put into a website where you got like a 
digital download of the album and like access to stuff that's now of course been documented on the internet right like, the, like the, the, the old, they might be giant style a song exactly yes but slightly more uh internet <laughs> yeah but yeah, their their remix of their own song, really all it does is expand the guitar solo for like four extra minutes. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so dumb. Uh, if I if I'm if I'm if I'm not trying to be cool, I'm I'll just say it's one more time. If I'm trying to be oh, cool, yeah. I'll say it's technologic. <laughs> Ooh. All good answers. Technologic, I think, is also the pinnacle, oh, the, the best Beat Saber song. I've only played Beat Saber occasionally, borrowing it from using a friend's VR, and I think it is perfect for Beat Saber. I feel like Daft Punk lends itself to rhythm games in yeah. general. But like, because I know everyone here was a big fan of DJ Hero. They, they I, had a kid. Listen, oh, okay, I, I am a big I, fan. Oh, I actually, I wish I could find some of the songs from DJ Hero. Oh, man. I, I thought I was kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I have the whole DJ Hero soundtrack <laughs> on my computer. They, they, I'm pretty sure they did an exclusive remix for that. They um, did. They were like, they did, a, they did a couple. They were all over. I really loved DJ Hero. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Sorry to briefly pretend the clown on it. Uh... No, DJ Hero is amazing. <laughs> you're you're finding number one DJ Hero fan Andrew here telling you DJ Hero. If you can find DJ Hero at your local thrift store, get that shit. It's so. If good. you ever if you ever change your Twitter username, it should be number one DJ Hero fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> DJ Hero stand two K twenty one. No, I stand nothing. <laughs> I would never stand. Standing is for I, people who like Eminem, and Eminem is for people who say they like rap music, but really they just like Eminem. I don't think uh. I've ever been into a half price books that didn't have an inbox DJ Hero controller, you like should. on a top shelf, as if it's top shelf. It's so it's 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 so good. It's so weird. The, the remixes are so good in that. Oh yeah. Most some of them. Okay, I think there's probably some bad ones, but like the ones that are the ones that hit hit. Was that? Did they do like what? They did like another one, bites the dust, and then like Daft Punk did a remix of that, right? Yeah. Well, they were all like mashups, where it's like, you know, it was like you were cross-reading between the two songs and like very much like mixing them together, two songs. I, I, maybe I'll play one because, like, like a true radio show, I can just like pull up my summon music. I have oh. a DJ Hero soundtrack somewhere in my foobar, and I'll just pull it up while we talk. Polygon did an article about DJ Hero, specifically Daft Punk's appearance in DJ Hero, and it came out four days ago. I, well, I mean, I guess four days ago was a pretty big day for Daft Punk. But. Yeah, when that, I mean, to to be that guy when Daft Punk broke up, I did listen the, the thing. I didn't listen to any Daft Punk, but I did listen to Daft Punk is playing at my house. I I listened to Discovery because that that end to end is. Ram doesn't feel like a Daft Punk album. It's just a good album, but like so many of the people on it are not Daft Punk that it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, this I is mean, one of the many good albums they produced, but they're it's not really theirs. I think it's there's so many good songs on it though. Yeah. Oh, it it's it's all bangers, no question. Even Giorgio is is interesting to listen to, but actually, like the early ones are more robot. Oh yeah, they're definitely that was their thing. They're like a robot thing. Yeah. You gotta have the yeah. robot thing. Uh, here's DJ What have we got? What have we got? Anyway, well, while, while you guys talk, I'm going to 
look around for the deaf ones. Nice. Um, or maybe oh, I had, they I did. Had, oh, they did two Queen songs. Oh yeah, I guess I should look for the Queen one. <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about. Yeah. I was we play will the, robot rock you. That's. I was going to. I was going to do the Blondie one because I think the Blondie one is very good. Let's see. Television rules the nation is is an oh wait that's no, the Beastie, Beastie Boys. One, Where's but... the Daft Punk one? That wasn't that. But that is all right. I. All I know is a lady I used to work with in an office job used to n- listen to nothing but some days the Pentatonix Daft Punk song. Oh, it's cool, but like, oh. After like the second week, it just started driving me insane. <laughs> I will. That video did teach me that if you have a ring light, it's a it's very easy to do a cheap like robot eye effect. Oh yeah, because if you're close enough, the reflections. And I've I've used that multiple times uh, since then with, with ring lights. It's, it's a good trick to know. It's one of the things I need to get because the lighting in my house is terrible and I want to do more deep hell videos. Very difficult with the terrible lighting I have. It's all overhead. You can't see anything. Ooh, I, depending on your uh, budget and willingness to get dumb toys, I, I, I got a toy recently. It's a film light. It, it does so much. It's, I don't even know. The problem is every time I've, described it to someone before now i've used video and uh the folks at home do not have video but it's a good light i'll link it off okay. off chat what are we talking about good to know here it is okay i gotta step away for a second actually buddy you're a boy make a big noise big noise big noise big noise big noise anyway big noise Big nice boy, make a big nice, big nice, big nice. Everybody, with all the fun gifts, we're bumping all the DJ Hero tracks. Yeah, I was playing. I was playing around with my avatar so much. This is this is why you tune in live because you get to see me play. I you get to see my artisanal gift collection where I make all of my gifts by hand, and they're I don't. I'm not like a social media marketer that types in, oh, fun gif about Pokemon, but it's good for community engagement. It's so bullshit like that. What do you, the Psyduck gif with popping champagne that every yeah. convention ever has used at least a dozen times on Twitter? Precisely. I, in the end of the apocalypse promises that I'm a human being, not a social marketing robot or something. Whatever. I'm this leaving. is not a brand. I'm leaving. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for hosting. Thank we're we're going to go out like we always go out with Sydney Gish's imposter syndrome off No Dogs Allowed that I will keep playing because I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for doing it. I think it's a very good closing song. Goodbye, everyone.